This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. (laughs) Anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> it's the Full Goal presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Chicago everywhere, check it. Not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Fellas, 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 fellas. This is what? Episode 120? 120. Of the Full Go podcast? Yes, sir. Man, man. We back in it to win it. Just when you thought baseball had his grips on the storylines, NBA friends, he comes in here and smacks the shit out of your mama and asks you what you're going to do about it. All right. I know you tuned in because everybody wants to hear me break down Christopher Morrell's five hit game and how good Kyle Hendricks looked as the Cubs stomp out Tommy Pham, a.k.a. I slapped the next man. You know, was it 17 to 5? Last I looked, something like that. Shout out to the Cubs. This ain't your podcast, Cubs fans. It, and you could probably say that about a lot of these pods. You know, I, I got a few Cubs fans hitting me up like, hey, man, 
what's going on? Why aren't you talking about my team as, as much? And I'm like, hey, man, the team is trash. Okay, I don't like taking in sports that are going to make me sad. I'm going with the Jason Benetti model of bring joy to people's homes. How am I going to bring joy to my home if all I'm watching is ass whoopings for three hours? Okay, I already got enough of that on the South Side, but I digress. Shout out to Christopher Morrell, right? And and that big Cubs win on the North Side tonight. That's not why you call, ladies and gentlemen. You know why you're here. I just want to say this. I love the NBA an irrational amount. Like, I used to do this whole, I'm not trying to convince you to like the sport that I like. Fuck that. If you don't like NBA basketball, fine. That's cool. But there's no reason you shouldn't like NBA offseason. Like, I don't care what kind of dude or dudette you are or anything in between. There there are storylines. There are soap operas. There is shenanigans. There's hootenanny. There are a whole bunch of words that, that, that brothers won't readily use around other brothers to describe what the hell is going on in the NBA. And I will ask my, my two esteemed produ- producers, right? Of course, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti is often on assignment somewhere, uh, on a more important assignment, I should just more accurately note. Uh, so I get to hang out with Tony Gill and Jesse Lopez every time we do one of these. And fellas, one... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys to, to stop muting your microphones because uh, the world needs to hear more of you two uh, because uh, some of the foolishness that I engage in, I, I, it all lands on me, to be honest with you. I have been getting some <laughs> feedback from the last few pods and, uh, you know, the whiz. Um, yeah, it, it all lands on me. As <laughs> well as it should have been. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it all lands on your boy. But NBA free agency is here. News abound. Like, we got storylines Chicago-wise. We got storylines nationally. I want to ask you two gentlemen, what is the biggest storyline that you think comes out of tonight's beginning of NBA free agency? We're out here recording Thursday night, quarter to 11 Central Standard Time, June 30th. So if you're listening to this, you know, sometime at 1 o'clock in the morning, something like that, shout out to you. Like, we really love the people who download, subscribe, and listen immediately. But shout out to the people who listen to the morning or who are running around during the day checking out the Full Gold Podcast. My man Charlotte J messes around and saves up like five or six of these for long road trips. I appreciate all y'all. So whenever you listen to this, know when it was said and how it's coming to you. Gentlemen, Tony Gill, Jesse Lopez, what was the biggest moment do you think, I won't say, yeah, okay, what was the biggest moment of this short-lived early free agency for both of you gentlemen? Jesse, start with you, Tony, and pass it to you after. Well, I mean... And you ain't got to probably think Juan Toscano-Anderson uh, signed with the Lakers. You. Look at that you. was my see? biggest thing. <laughs> this, is why, this is why Jesse... This is why Jesse is signing. number one in our hearts. But yes, other than that, you know, Juan Toscano. See, this Jesse likes to fuck around. If you guys don't know. Mi hermano's a Laker now. How see, can I not is. celebrate there that? I was waiting for The first it. Mexican that, NBA champion. That's, that train's never late. And that's why I appreciate it. You know, this, yes, this is my man who represents for my, uh, my, my Mexican homies out here. And <laughs> Lord knows you need at least two or three Mexican homies on your team. Like, the Mexican Breathe. homies... You know, especially during the summer, especially where I live. Like, Jesse, when you come to Chicago, I'm going to take you right across the street from where I live. Okay. Oh, all right. There is seemingly a, 
a party every night across the street. <laughs> Sounds like uh, the the apartment across my hallway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My man Bad Bunny is dropped that album, and I haven't stopped hearing it. Whether I'm playing oh, a good it album. or the homies across the street are playing it, right? So shout out to the Mexican homies. Tony, Juan Toscano is the moment. For and before we let Joe Collie in here, I gotta I gotta get my shit off because Joe is my man, fifty grand. But before we let Joe in here, Tony, what was the biggest moment for you? Oh man, the Bulls showing up that backup center row, baby. Let's All right, go. so so I see I see both of my producers <laughs> are gonna fuck around tonight. Um, <laughs> both of them know it's not Juan Toscano and the Bulls showing up the backup center position. Both of them know that. You know what the biggest news is, goddammit. Say it so I can set up the podcast the proper fucking way. Like, tonight's not the night, okay? <laughs> oh, that's right. That, that KD happened. That Thank KD did yeah, happen. Yeah, right. Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah that, that, that one guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what the biggest storyline of tonight is? The biggest storyline of tonight started a couple of years ago with Russell Wilson. And walk with me through this. Russell Wilson, everybody's everybody's favorite stepdad. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's favorite prayer deliverer. Like, you got all these ladies out here like, ooh, I got to pray Sierra's prayer to get me a Russell. Like, enjoy yourself. (laughs) You're not Sierra, though. See, that, they, they forget that part of the equation. You know what I mean? Not everybody can snag a Russell Wilson. Shout out to Sierra, by the way. One of the first interviews that I had down in Atlanta, but she came down there on my birthday when I was actually moving into my apartment in Atlanta. So my buddy, Mac McDonald, my co-host at the time, got to interview Sierra, having never listened to a Sierra song in his life. Uh, so I missed out on that opportunity while I was unpacking Home Depot boxes. But I digress. You say, Jason, how does NBA free agency lock in with Russell Wilson? I'm going to tell you right now. Russell Wilson, after the Legion of Boom got dismantled, after that 12th man shit went away, because I, I love the 12th man and how loud Seattle could be, whatever, whatever you wanted to call that field. Like it's had 15 different names. It was like Link something and then something else. But whatever you wanted to call it, the 12th man flag raised up. Everybody's going crazy about Seattle Seahawks football. And then it kind of died down. Then you started to get a few eight and eights in there, a few nine and sevens. You know, Russell Wilson is throwing for all the yards in the world, but for some reason, it's just not clicking the way it's supposed to. And then all of a sudden, the man that you thought wouldn't bring that NBA shit to the NFL brought it there. The quarterback class, and, and I'm talking about the position, the CEO of the team, right? The front man of the band. This is the dude who represents the organization through and through. You have to be a, a certain type of athlete, certain type of professional to be a, a leading man at that position in the NFL. Only 32 of those jobs, we like to say, right? Russell Wilson looked over to his left tackle and said, hey, man, that shit over there is poor. And it was the first time that you heard a quarterback openly rip his offensive line. And you might say to yourself, okay, where are you going here, Jay? They went out and got Dwayne Brown from the Houston Texans, if I'm not mistaken. Offensive line was still trash. And Russell looked around and was like, oh, wait a minute. You got no Cam Chancellor. We got no Richard Sherman. We got no Marshawn Lynch. I'm about to get blamed for all of this shit. And guess what happened? Fast forward two years later, Russell Wilson is a Denver Bronco. Russell Wilson brought that NBA shit to the NFL in terms of I've got leverage, I've got power. You guys don't flex it in this way or you don't flex it as publicly as I'm about to do. I'm about to put y'all in a position where 
you either got to pay me or deal with the headache. And everyone loves me. It's kind of the Steph Curry rule where it's like, I could be a little bit of a jerk anytime I want because everyone loves me and no one's ever going to take me to task for it. Russell Wilson is now a Denver Bronco because he looked around and was like, this shit ain't enough. NFL owners talk. NFL owners talk. I'm going to tell y'all right now, as we sit here on June 30th, 1049 Central Standard Time, my man Joe Cowley, who is about to come on here and just, I'm I'm sure, pull out the flamethrower. What Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant have engaged in in this last year and a half, you would be a fool to think that NBA owners aren't looking at this like, this is our chance to get out of guaranteed contracts going forward. When you have one of the three or four best players requesting a trade the first year that his deal kicks in, right? Like trading for Kevin Durant now, you're like, hey, by the way, he can ask for a trade next year too (laughs) if you're the Phoenix Suns or the Miami Heat. Like LeBron James, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, LeBron James never has officially or I don't want to say officially, but never asked for a trade, right? The top-tier guys rarely, rarely ask for trades. And when they do, it is news, box office, right? You are looking at a Brooklyn Nets team with an owner in Joe Sy. You can go ahead and look at how Joe Sy has made his billions. You are looking at an ownership group now who is looking around saying, wait a minute, y'all. We have Kyrie Irving, who opts in for $37 million, who we probably, you know, Who knows what these next week or so is going to look like? Who knows if he's going to be a Brooklyn Net? Last year, we paid him to play 20-some-odd games, 30-some-odd games because of the vaccine issue. The year before that, we paid Kevin Durant to get healthy on our dollar. If you can, for me, Tony and Jesse, pull up the top 10 earners in terms of uh, salary last year in the NBA. I'm talking about the dudes who made $40 million plus. And you look at that list. Russell Wilson brought that NBA shit to the NFL (laughs) and NFL owners are like, whoo, glad we don't have to pay guaranteed contracts out. If you think for one second that the news of tonight, and and, and this is another thing too, Zach Levine, we're going to talk about Zach, right? The deliberation and opting in. Chicago fans are like, what's going on here? We'll get the lowdown with my man Joe Colley. But just zoom out for a second and think of the bigger picture. And you've got the list for me, Tony, of the top 10 earners last year in NBA basketball. Give me some of these names. Uh, Number one, Steph Curry. Number two, James Harden. Mm, It's getting getting greasy at number two, ain't it? (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Number three, John Wall. Ooh. It's, it's, it's more than greasy now. It's the slippery of, slipperiest of slopes. Keep going. Number four, Russell Westbrook. Oh, <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Number five, Kevin Durant. Oh, throwing his name in the bag now. Keep going, my man. Number six, LeBron James. There you go. Number seven, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Solid as a rock. Won a championship, but we act like two years ago he wasn't pressing them like, I'll leave this bitch if y'all don't get Eric Bledsoe from out of the backcourt that I'm supposed to run with. Keep going. Number eight, Paul George. (laughs) Keep going. Number nine, Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) Keep going. Number 10, Damian Lillard. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, you just heard 10 names and maybe, maybe three of them, their franchises and fan bases feel solid as a rock about. Y'all got to see the play here. These owners aren't about to sit around. These are the same owners that play around with the luxury taxes if they don't have dough spilling out the wazoo. Luxury tax is a myth, straight up and down. You can believe that if you want to about, you know, well, we're not contending yet. Luxury tax is a myth. And I, if I get in trouble saying that, who, whatever. So you mean to tell me there are NBA owners, because there are a lot of NBA owners who don't have a lot of pressure on them. You get in and out the game in 10, 12 years, get your money, you know, triple it, quadruple it if you're in the right market and bounce. Let's not act like all these franchises are trying to win out here. But when you're talking guaranteed money and the optics of it and the power that players have now, and by the way, I am not out here acting like I am not happy for these gentlemen because I am extremely happy for anybody who gets their market value, anybody who gets what they desire, anybody who gets this kind of wealth that could change lives, not only theirs, but the people around them. Knock yourself out, man. I am not a pocket watcher in that realm. But there's going to come a day here. I don't know if it's this CBA coming up or the next one, but there's going to come a day because of the mobility, the um, power, and the, the off-the-field slash off-the-court presence that these entities that are used to be just athletes that they have now, and the way social media is um, structured, the way these players have voices in season and out of season like they never had before. I remember it used to be a miracle to get the best players in the game to talk more than once or twice a week. Now you got those guys having podcasts. If you look at the ecosphere right now, you mentioned John Wall, you mentioned Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, all these guys who are getting $40 million plus, and I'm not I'm not on the tip of making this personal about dude's money because I've never been that dude, will never be that dude. But if you look at where the owners are looking at this from not even afar, very up close, yeah, the last thing the NBA owners want to continue doing is pay guys who aren't playing who also have the power with a, 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 a keystroke of a tweet to change the entire environment of the NBA. So... Sit back, relax, and strap it down, as Hawk Harrelson would say, because you may think that Kevin Durant uh, requesting a trade is the biggest news. And, of course, that, you know, for the time being, short-term is the biggest news of the night. But long-term, yeah, these, uh, these NBA owners ain't about to mess around and, and, and be shocked like the NFL owners were when Russell Wilson stepped out of the quarterback class of doing things and said, hey, by the way, if everybody around me suck, y'all gonna have to get me up out of here publicly, publicly, right? There's 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 a there's a transition happening right now in terms of power structure. It it once was these players were in partnership with coaches and ownership. If you if you take a look around, the Brooklyn Nets knew exactly what was going to happen to them. They was hoping that they could squeeze out a championship before it happened to them. When a player says we can coach ourselves, essentially. When a player makes you play DeAndre Jordan instead of Jared Allen, when a player can say to you, guess what? I'm not playing. <laughs> Y'all got to figure it out. And then you lose another player that you acquired in James Harden. Like, think about where they stand right now. Brooklyn Nets stand to have Ben Simmons as their leading man <laughs> going forward here after acquiring James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. And the New York Post is killing Kevin Durant. 
I think I saw the headline, the thin man has no heart. Like, by the way, especially off of our, you know, the Wiz conversation a couple of pods ago, like chef's kiss to that. Haterade, but chef's kiss to that. $119 million and KD is out of here. Yeah. I, I don't know what y'all are thinking, but um, NBA owners are not the type who, um, how can I say? They aren't the most progressive of thinkers or as progressive as you think they are. They are bottom line dudes and dudettes. And when this CBA or the next CBA rolls around, please believe John Wall, Kyrie Irving, and now Kevin Durant will be brought up as reasons why we shouldn't be giving these boys guaranteed money. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, on free agency night with nothing really to report, uh, just having a conversation with him basketball-wise and and, uh, NBA-wise, family-wise and life-wise, a guy that I have come to know and love and you know, sometimes hate because he, he he puts me in tough positions on Twitter, and then I I, I text him nasty words uh, to his phone. He is Joe Cowley <laughs> of the Chicago Sun Times. Joe, um, your thoughts on what the hell is going on in the league in uh, day one of NBA free agency? Yeah, I don't know the the timeline of this the recordings and stuff, but your last point, I mean about the NBA and the, and the NFL merge. I, I don't think that's something that could be glossed over. And I know you brought up Russell Wilson, but the guy that was Kyrie before Kyrie was Antonio Brown. 100%. 100%. He burned his way out of Pittsburgh, went to the Raiders, stole their guaranteed money, <laughs> said he wasn't going to wear their helmet or their shoulder pads, got out of there, kept their money, I mean, he was Kyrie before Kyrie. So, um, no, but you made a good point about what the landscape could look like when the when the CBA comes up. So, um, all right, I, that was just a point I had to make. No, and, I, no I appreciate it. Kenny Pickett has big hands. I just want to make that point, too. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, our guy Joe Cowley's a tried true Steelers fan. He has been that uh, for as long as I've known him, and, of course, longer than that. The man, he makes it hard to um, watch football on Sundays. Uh, I'm su- Well, not surprised, because I, I did this on purpose. Uh, I did the NFL feed show with James Jones and Ryan Shazier, and I, I didn't let Joe know because I knew if that would have happened, 
you know, an Ohio State guy who went to Pittsburgh and, you know, played played really well before the injury, I know we would have had a lot of conversations with my man Ryan Shazier. Exactly. He could have been something special. That's yeah, he could have. He was on his way. Um, yes, so, no, let's get back to the topic at hand. Look, um, I think a lot of Bulls fans were fans today, which means they overhyped this day, didn't really read the tea leaves that myself, Casey Johnson, uh, Rob Shea, I mean, you go right down the line. Cody, I mean, we've all been reporting that continuity was the buzzword. And when you're talking about continuity and just making several tweaks, this is what it looks like. Um, priority number one always was that big meeting with Zach Levine, which by all indications went down. Um, and now Zach wants to be wined and dined. And, and that's mm-hmm. that, that, that clutch sports in him. And that's also the treatment he felt like he didn't get back in that Sacramento 2018 or 19, whenever it was off season where he was basically, all right, you're restricted. Here's the offer sheet. We'll either match or meet or, or, or not. And so um, he wants to go through that process and be deliberate in this thing. I don't think it's going to drag on very long, but he is going to go through the process and appreciate it. Um, but from what I've been told and, and, and I don't think it's a big secret by any means. There is the, the Bulls would be shocked if Zach Levine doesn't sign the max contract that they're going to offer. Uh, teammates would be shocked from from the conversations they've had with Zach. Um, so something would either really have to be told to him to persuade him off of that branch that he has kind of sworn to already, or the landscape would completely have to change as far as. You told me this was your plans if I resigned, and now you're telling me these are your plans, and I don't like these plans. And so um, every indication is that, that Zach Levine is going to stay a bull. In terms of roster composition, where did Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley find themselves shortly before the Nikola Vucevic trade? Was it about proving to Zach that you should be here? And we're going to put people with you that aren't Lowry Marketing and Wendell Carter Jr. And since then, how do you think they have tried to get back to what their mandate was, their mission statement was uh, in the opening press conference in terms of development and all those other things with some of the assets that they've sent away? Right. I mean, that's a great question, but I, I think people don't understand the mess they inherited. It's bigger mm-hmm. than just what Zach Levine was going to eventually be. It was a, first of all, our reputation as an, or, as an organization is this is where coaches go to die. We have to change that. They did that by going and driving down to Billy Donovan's house and basically waiting for him to, to arrive and giving him a, a little breather before, you know, obviously pursuing him. The other uphill climb they had to do was obviously saying to the fan base and to the rest of the league, look, we can acquire a guy that you don't think in the past we can acquire in getting Vucevic. You know, mm-hmm. he, if people, you, you go back two years ago on that trade day, you know, a couple of weeks before, if you recall, Orlando was saying Vucevic was untouchable. And for the Bulls to show that he was touchable and to immediately say, look how that piece could fit with Zach Levine. Now it hasn't fit like we all thought it would. But you cannot fault them for swinging like they did. So they had to worry about that reputation. Then all of a sudden, you have to show that this is an attractive place for guys. DeMar DeRozan. Lonzo Ball signing trades. Guys want to come here all of a sudden. Now you can go to Zach Levine and say, 
Look at this cesspool and this sewage that we've had to clean up and look how we've cleaned it up. And now we're going to do the thing and reward a guy who's done everything the right way. He's worked hard. He's done what we've asked him. He's played when he's been hurt. He's gone to Team USA. He's been trying to become a willing defender. Doesn't mean he's there. Right. So unlike the old regime who didn't reward Jimmy Butler for doing that, you are now sending the newest message to the NBA that we are going to reward our guy for doing the right thing. So when you take it like that and the and the and the 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 dumpster fire that they had to put out when they inherited this thing, to me that's all you have to tell Zach Levine is look how far we've come. Your coach was Jim Boylan a couple of years ago making you do push-ups, bro. <laughs> so look what it is now. I mean, so um, you know, so I think there were bigger things that they had to really tackle and are still dealing with from a reputation standpoint. Um, you know, what's the first thing everyone goes to tonight? All oh, the bulls are cheap, Reinsdorf's cheap. They don't want to go in the luxury tax. Cheap, cheap, cheap. They're just giving the Andre Drummond and the and the uh, and the MLE and you know, and that's always gonna be the uphill fight, but I think Arturis Karnasovas, Mark Eversley, have done a magnificent job in trying to change the image of an organization that was a global brand but had a terrible image across the league. What do you think the profile is or the profile that you've been able to put together about what Arturis and Mark Eversley are when, through drafts, through obviously the acquisitions of DeMar and Lonzo um, and Vooch? Uh, drafting Pat and Io, and now Dalen Terry and you know uh, Simonovich, obviously who we haven't really seen play yet. What what have you been able to piece together these last couple of years of what they are and what they aren't? I think that what they are is a a collection of of men that that and 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 women in the organization that talk about the Bulls as a global brand, but don't treat it like a mom and pop store like the old front office did. And they're trying to get it to be a global brand and to be a, a destination place. And that's not easy because you're fighting against you're fighting against South Beach, you're fighting against Los Angeles, you're fighting against where players spend most of their off season. Um, you're fighting against the idea of bringing this to the Midwest. I, I don't think you're fighting against the shadow of that statue in the atrium anymore like you used to. Um, I think those days are over. But it, but it's still an uphill an uphill battle and. Um, and I think they've really closed the gap. I, I wouldn't say we've seen enough yet to say what their deficiencies are. They're very, very tight to the vest with everything. Um, they haven't had the greatest. They're, they're very personable to talk to, as you know, when you go out there. And, and But they're not sitting down to do interviews with anyone. And I think that's the way they want to operate. They want to operate in the shadows. Um, very little leaks out of there. Um mm-hmm. I will say we're kind of getting to the honeymoon is over stage this, this season. Um, you've, you've come in, you've, uh, the, the changes I've mentioned, the uphill battles you had, the, the toilets you had to clean out have kind of been done. And now this is, you know, this is your third year and going to be your third year in the program. And now these are, these, this is your quarterback that you brought in. This is your yeah. running backs that you brought right. in. Right. And now we got to start seeing something. And so um, my concern is I understand the message is is the long play, but there has to be some short-term reward for this thing too. And I just don't know if, if the position they put themselves in with the Vooch trade and with the other decisions they made 
kind of painted them in the corner of mediocrity for the next couple of years. Um, and that's what they they're, they're that's what they are sitting down with Zach Levine and, and, and or sat down with him and, and and Rich Paul and discussed is what's next after Vooch, after DeMar? What's the plan then? It can't be just Kobe's really got to turn it around and Patrick Williams has to understand that he can be Scotty Barnes. I mean, that can't be the plan. So uh, it's got to be something more than that. I'll steal this from my man, Tony Gill, who comes up with some great questions. Uh, Five-year deal for Zach. Um, Is he a bull when this team is ready to win a championship? Um... If your best that's bet. a that's a that's a that's a is is if he's the third guy if he's that third guy on the, on the you know to me he's he's that third guy um and look look at all the guys you have to supplement to get him where he is right now you have to get him another another sheriff in Demar Derozan you have to get him uh, a, a backcourt defender in Lonzo Ball and and, and you have to get him help off the bench when he works with that second unit and Alex Caruso to help with his defense. Now I will say this. I did that column with Zach in, in Portland um, back in, I probably want to say about the fifth week of the regular season. It was just kind of a one-on-one where I approached him with the, and you and I have talked about this where I said, all right, you know, barbershop talk, you sell me on why you think you should be a max player because I historically I'm looking at the way the NBA is and don't believe that you should be. Um, sell me on that. And it was a good debate. And the point he brought up and, and the point that I think the organization is hanging on to is the offensive numbers improved every year, except obviously last year with, with DeMar and, and, and a new different look. And that's what they should. They should have gone down with that team um, because then you would be asking Zach to do things that he shouldn't be doing. But I, I do believe that the defense you saw with Team USA, the lessons he learned on the defensive end playing with Team USA, and the carryover that first six weeks of the regular season until the knees betrayed until the left knee betrayed him, there's substance there. And look, is that six weeks and a month and a half of a summer enough of five years and 215 million? I mean, that's a big gamble. You're rolling some big dice. Mm-hmm. But I do believe Zach. His heart is in the right place. His mind is in the right place. And he actually believes that he can develop into not an elite two-way player, but a, but a, a guy that falls out of bed and gives you 25. We all know that. But a guy that also surprisingly can close down the defense and actually do some things as far as team defense, on-ball defense, being more physical and point of contact on screens, the things they're asking him to do. I think with a healthy knee, he can do that. You know, and it's no disrespect to be the third best player on a champion. I mean, Drew Holiday, no. who is he was regarded as one of the better players in all of the NBA. You switch, you swap him out for Eric Bledsoe, all of a sudden that team changes uh, dynamics so much so right. that you know he's he's moving and shaking with Giannis and Chris Middleton on their level, and also is closing out games and defending guys right. in the fourth and, quarter. And, so, and the way the East looks right now, you go five year plan with the East. You're going to need a guy like Zach Levine to be your 2B or your 3A player because the East is not messing around. Nasty. Even with, no, no matter where Durant ends up or where Kyrie ends up, there's still some some killers in the in this conference. So let's let's talk about what this team has to be. So I think we talk about like ifs 
And, you know, if a guy maxes out here, like, for instance, I, I, I talked about this today on NBC Sports Chicago. There's no secret that we keep lowering the bar when it comes to Patrick Williams. Like, slowly, slowly but surely, it's like, okay, can you just show me a little bit of that instead of, <laughs> yes. like, the fourth pick? You're supposed yeah. to go out there and dominate. Like, 25 and 12. Exactly, yes. right? Like, yeah. I, I, trust me, I got, I got killed, and rightfully so, for the baby Kawhi stuff and all that other, like, Patrick Williams, to me, is like one, two, maybe three uh, in terms of ranking of importance right now in this organization because if he's different, then this team is different. I'm not saying it's a championship contender, but it's a different outlook in terms of what you have to supplement, what can be out there with Vooch if you're going forward with Vooch into his you know, uh, older age as he you know, kind of exits that those prime years right now. Um, how do you feel? about your experience covering Patrick Williams, what you've seen and learned about NBA basketball over the last decade. Like, where where does that kind of guy slot in normally in terms of not pie in the sky and not, you know, the the, the world is ending, but what do you see happening with him in terms of career arc that the Bulls fans should realistically expect? I, I don't think it, well, I don't, I don't know where the arc's going to end up because a guy like that could get it. You hope he gets it with within the terms and the time frame of your organization. Hundred um, percent. You know, but we were sold something, and from the very mouth of Patrick Williams that he hasn't lived up to, and we gave him the benefit of the doubt. And the organization, I think, when you constantly have to prod a guy and and push him and watch film with him every day and say, "This is when you should have taken a shot. This is when you should have taken a shot." At some point, you have to realize, "I got to push this mule up the hill." rather than tame this stallion. Hmm. And that's a bad situation to be in when that's the number four overall pick. Now, I'm not saying that we've Talk reached... Talking Billy Owens-type situations. Exactly. I, I, and, and I'm not saying we've reached the point of no return on him. I think there is... I think he can get it. It can click. There are moments. I, st- I still like the way he finished in the regular season in Minnesota and then those last couple games in the playoffs against Milwaukee. But there's been too much dead space in between and and... and you know, obviously the injury was a huge setback. You know, I'm willing to ride with him. But to your point, if you can go, if you could come out of this season knowing that you have Zach in, in tow, you, um, you have Lonzo and the knee is healthy, you know, you only got, you know, DeMar, DeMar and not to diminish what he did, but DeMar kind of be damned in the long term of this thing. I mean, he's kind of, He's kind of the big band-aid in this thing and, and, a, and an important one, but... He's the connector. Yes, he's the connector yes. from whatever that used right. to be to what is supposed to be going forward. But if you can sell teams on, we have an elite wing two-way player in Patrick Williams. We have an elite two-way player in Lonzo Ball. We have a scorer in Zach Levine. How would you not want to come and play here with us? And to me, if, if, you, can, if you can get it to that point, you have the next the plot of land that you need to land on to actually continue to move this thing forward. If you don't, and he is what he is, and you continually have to sit down and watch film with him and prod it before every game, hey, this is when you got to shoot. This is when you, you know, this is when you have to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. And and if he just wants to be a passenger in the car, then then we're going to go back and all of a sudden look at our tourists and Mark Eversley differently. But that was your first pick and you guys blew it. And that was an important pick. So 
I don't think you could understate the importance of Patrick Williams and his development and, and turning this thing around. And I'm not ready to give up on him. I think he can be. Um, I still think that he believes he can be a two-way player. And as long as he has that belief, um, you kind of have to hold him to it. Who starts more games at point guard, Io or Lonzo? Mm. I'm going to say starts, I'll say Lonzo. Okay. How do you, how, Mark Eversley had to give up the goods when you guys were talking to him. Casey Johnson asked him about, you know, if, if the season started now, would he be able to go? He said he had to check with the staff and... That's, that's not a yes. Good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a yes. That's not a yes. Um, what are your feelings about the Lonzo situation right now? I mean, I'm I'm a little concerned. Um, I mean, this guy's the 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 stats are with the stats. He's just not a long term guy every season. That doesn't mean he can't turn that around and and give you seventy. Um, you know. I, I liked Kaplan, uh, uh, Dave Kaplan's interview with LeVar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think LeVar, I think LeVar is a lot of things. I don't think he's a liar. And when he says he thinks he can get the knee healthy and the knee's fine and there's no long-term c- concerns, I mean, he has nothing to lose by saying that. It's a, it's a guaranteed contract. I mean, you know, so, um, and I believe the Bulls feel like they haven't lied about what it was. That it was just a bone bruise that is just not healing. Um, why it's not healing is a bit concerning, especially for his age. Um, and why he continues to have some knee issues is a concern. But I do think there is something to be said about um, that he's got an off season now where there's no, it's just about him rehabbing and not worrying about his immediate future. He knows where his future is. He knows what he can do with this team, what's being asked of this team. And he just concentrate on the knee. So I'm willing to, at least for now, give them the benefit of doubt and say, you know, it's not a, it's a concern, but it's not a, I'm not losing sleep over it. And I don't think the Bulls should either. What does Nikola Vucevic have to be this year for last year to be a fluke? What does it have to be? Just a better three point shooter. Just hit the three point shot. That's it. That's in the spacing of this offense and what they require of him, you know, some of his stuff went down, and, and and I think he brought his offense to defense and his defense to offense. But the concerning thing was he, he missed a lot of easy threes. If he's knocking that three down, this offense looks a lot different. It just does, just with what DeMar DeRozan. And I don't think DeMar DeRozan is going to do what he did this past year. I'm not, you know, I think that's going to tick down a little bit. Um, there's going to be nights where he's great, and but ideally the way it should work is Vooch's three. And he had a lot of open threes. The numbers should have been much better. And I, and I think I think they will be. I'm not saying they're going to be up to where they were two years ago with Orlando, but I definitely think he improves that. This offense significantly looks different. Then you add Lonzo Ball, uh, a healthy Lonzo Ball w- w- is the hope. And the corner three situation looks completely different. Because, I mean, if I see, you know, if I saw one more Derrick Jones Jr. corner three, Javante Green <laughs> corner three. Or mine was the, my favorite was the Javante Green one. He that was, was in my early on. Yes, I he was. He was in early on, but that dried up. So um, you definitely could see that dudes were trying to play that Lonzo Ball role, and they, and they weren't they weren't as good as actors as Lonzo was. So um, you know, I think those are those are easy fixes if those numbers could turn around. 
Your man Jimmy Buck is going to get a championship if uh, KD come down to Miami and start acting up? Uh, yeah. Or I mean, is that, Jimmy going back in the deal? Is Jimmy going back to Brooklyn? Actually- <laughs> yeah, is, is Jimmy going back to Brooklyn in the deal? Like, what, 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 do you, what do you think is happening here? Because if, 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 if it's about, like, KD is the, the shrewd, I just want to play basketball guy, like, his, I famously, his Twitter for a long time was like, I, I, me, I hoop and yeah, I yeah, chill, yeah. right? But how is going to Phoenix to play for Robert Sarver? The, I know James Jones and, and what they've done to bolster that front office uh, and insulate their players from having to deal with ownership that and ownership. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, is that the move you want to make? I, I don't know if. He obviously is um, very protective of his legacy by the way he lashes out on people. But yet, <laughs> but the but the moves he makes does everything but tarnishes every does everything and and tarnishes legacy. Um, mm-hmm. You know the way he lost at OKC and then he went to Golden State. And then he thought, well, I can do it on my own. I don't need you guys. And then he goes there, and now the two teams he mentions are two of the better teams in the East and the West. So can you do it on your own or can't you? Um, the two things that came into my mind today, as soon as I saw that was, I could see the, the two things that when the teams were mentioned, the two first things that flashed in my head was I could see Kyrie ending up in Miami before Kevin Durant, mm. because I think Jimmy, that relationship with Jimmy and Kyrie is still pretty strong. And I think in Jimmy's mind, Kyrie needs that heat culture. He needs Pat Riley saying, dude, your one big shot doesn't impress me. That's a long time ago. Your handles don't impress me. Right. He he needs that culture to really help him focus. Just like he needs to play alongside LeBron to kind of, I mean, those are his best days when he had LeBron there because LeBron asked the most of you. So I think Kyrie would be a more likely player to go to Miami than than Kevin Durant. And it's an easier get, I think, if Miami wanted to do that. Um. The other thing that came to my mind is, God, we just disrespect LeBron James. Duh. When you see what Kevin Durant is trying to do now, Duh. we completely, as much as I praise LeBron James, to me, the greatest all-around basketball player ever, including that guy that has the statue in the atrium, all-around player. Not the assassin, yeah. not the mamba. Hey, not, I'm the, not talking the about The greatest that. overall talent that Without we've seen. Without question. And Period. Exactly. And for him to do what he's done, what he's done, and the cats to try to model that or think they could do it, they're looking foolish now. Shit ain't greatness, sweet. Exactly. His greatness <laughs> continues just to rise in my eyes. Those are the two things. When I saw that story, the two things that popped in my head when I saw Durant with Miami, it was, damn man, LeBron. As much as I praise him, it's not enough. And secondly. Kyrie would be better off going to Miami than Kevin. The NBA doles out a lot of money every time this year, you know, around this time. Jokic gets five years, 264. It could be upwards of $303 million. Bradley Beal, five years, 251. Devin Booker, four years, 214. Jalen Brunson, four years, 104. Anthony Simons, ladies and gentlemen, four years and $100 million. And he's barely of drinking age. Shout out mm-hmm. to that young man. Lou Dort got five years, $87.5 million, dollars, right? Uh, what's happening here um, when it comes to the ecosphere 
and the the economic environment that is the NBA is like it, it, to me it's kind of like the when we're in the pandemic and we really realize that maybe this country doesn't have the bandwidth that we think we do when it comes to you know in home schooling and all the other things that everybody's at the crib and everybody's on the internet and you're like oh the internet's just you know it's just in the air we you know it can never run out and and then you're like oh wait a minute there's a lot of people out here who are um internet insecure right yeah, like, yeah. it doesn't get to everybody at what point does the bubble pop for the NBA in terms of what I was talking about in the first segment where these NBA owners are looking around like, we need more instances of guys not playing while they're getting paid so we can kind of take away some of these liberties of guaranteed contracts because I'm all for dudes getting money, but I don't know how sustainable this model is if players are going to uh, interact and engage in the things that they're engaging in in terms of the power shifting and structure of the NBA. You just mentioned clutch sports, like shout out to Rich Paul and all them dudes. They, they got half the league, right? So now you're, you're, you're pretty much, there's, there's a monopolization of the, the talent and not only the talent, but the power. And you're paying all of the power to play if it feels like it seemingly, especially with this Brooklyn situation. So how do you see this thing playing out here in the short term and the long term? Two things. If the Major League Baseball bubble didn't burst in this last CBA, mm. I don't think the NBA one is even close to bursting because baseball had catastrophe written all over it with just dwindling as an American sport all the way around. Um, if, if, if baseball made it through this the CB, CBA and there's they're getting their guaranteed money. I think that's good news for the NBA guys because of the popularity of the NBA. Secondly, to your point, a lot of those guys you mentioned, which I think is the spin side of what you're saying, is good for the NBA because they're mid to small market teams now being able to say, we can hold on to what you, you can't come and pillage us like mm -hmm. some teams used to do. You know, you could play in Oklahoma City, get your money, we could get you shoot deals. Um, it might not be the bright lights. It might not be LA. It might not be where you want, but these small market teams or mid market teams now have a chance when they're able to hit on their draft choice and give him the most money time and time and time again. You know, your Denver's with Jokic and, and, and if Ja with Memphis and, and yeah. Booker with Phoenix. So these dudes, these teams that are drafting well and hitting on these guys are now able to embrace these guys. And the NBA is such a, a huge brand. There's not this idea anymore of, well, you, you have to play in this market to get right. the shoe deal, to get this and this. Right. So that to me, that's the flip side of why the guaranteed money is good. Um, the problem is that small, that small elite talent holds a power that I don't think the owners ever foresaw. And is that going to be enough to spoil it for everybody where they're just like, we can't have these dudes dictating when they're playing when they're going to be traded, what teams they're going to, and who they're going to be traded for. <laughs> I mean, think about that. What sport does that? Where KD could say, this is the time I want to be traded. These are the teams I want to be traded to. And I want to be traded for these players. So, I mean, yeah. and, you know, the whole idea of what Kyrie, we, we, this is the coach we want. These are the players. <laughs> and where So, to me, the Brooklyn thing is an experiment gone very wrong that I still think teams can insulate themselves from. 
Yeah. Tim Legler, I think, coined it the most disappointing um, non-finish in NBA history in terms of fra- franchise reaching heights or trying to reach certain heights and getting nowhere close to it. Nowhere close to it. And just becoming a punchline. Yeah. It's uh it's interesting. It's interesting. Carl Towns, two two hundred twenty four million dollars. John Moran, as you mentioned, one hundred ninety three. Devin Booker, two twenty four. Uh, which young player in the league? You know, maybe I don't know, twenty five, twenty six. Younger than Giannis, right? Gian- Giannis is twenty seven, so we can keep him out of discussion. But which which young player in the league would you put your money on going forward? Um, the to me, the worst investment of the day was on was on. Is it what I like to call him PCAT? <laughs> I mean, you just invested in the softest human being in the NBA. I don't, his skill set is phenomenal. I'm not taking anything away from that. But that is a guy you do not want to be in a foxhole with. And if that's, you know, the best thing that happened is Anthony Edwards is there's a, there's a hostile takeover. There it is. On. That's there the best is. thing. That's and it's happen. not, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a takeover with a smile. By oh the way. yeah. 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 You know, yeah. yeah. Ain't no fighting. They ain't yeah. no big fight no. about it. It's just, no. a, you know, your place, you got your money, you got your deal. Right. Right. You know, you got your wine, West stories and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's my team. So, um, I, I still don't want to give up on Zion. I might be one of the last in the world. Cause when that dude plays, he does something that, very few guys can do. So he's getting twenty six a game on sixty percent shooting when he played. <laughs> I mean, so I, I I can't give up on that yet. But look, I I screwed the pooch on the on the rookie of the year vote with, when I put Zion ahead of John Morant, and mm. John makes me pay on a daily basis when he goes out there. So to me, he still has some deficiencies in his game, but his his talent to me, he's more ferocious and more. Um, j- just there's just more violence to his game than, than Derrick Rose, which I didn't think I'd see from a player of that size. Um, and and he's built different than Derrick. He just looks like he's more kind of elastic. Where yeah, he's getting dinged up and stuff like that, but there's a bit more Iverson to him than 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 Derrick. Um, as far as his his physicality and what he can take. Um, I, I think it's I think it's it's. Luca and, and, and Jaws League moving forward. Those are the two guys that I think are the most exciting. That you you paid them that money and they were worth that money, no question asked. Those extensions. Luca to me is just a um, magical. The way he dictates the pace, his own pace, not the pace of the game, his own pace going into a crowd, and it's and and he's one of those cats that. You don't realize how big he is until oh, you're yeah. actually real life on the floor watching him. Full the nice six, thing eight. about yeah, the <laughs> nice thing about Dallas is they still put us down right there on the floor of the media, so you actually see what he is. That's a bitch to guard, man. Mm-hmm. That's just have fun with that. Yeah, he's a big man, uh, and now Jalen Brunson can get from under his shadow and go into the spotlight of MSG. What you what you think about that deal? I mean, he's getting paid what, like the the twelfth or thirteenth highest paid well, point yeah, guard but in the after league. Every, and after everybody's said and done, all these young guys get bumps. It's probably going to be about sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Like we, the the money is astronomical to us because we're used to seeing what guys got. And I'll be honest with you, we you know one day we're going to have this conversation about how you could blame all this on Michael Jordan because 
Michael Jordan getting them $33 million and $35 million contracts at the end of his run. Right, first, right, the right. first lockout. Now yeah. all of a sudden you see what the max numbers are and whatever you want to do, go ahead and put it on the king of all kings yeah. to y'all is Michael Jordan. But yeah, man, I, I'm not, you know, that kind of money for that player in it. If you're going out in free agency and acquiring guys, you overpaying anyway. Yep. Right? So, and they needed somebody at that spot. That's in the they got to sell tickets too. Yep. Yep. And now, what I don't understand is the, you know, hiring pops thing, but we'll we'll get into that some other time. Because, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're like, hey, yeah, I'm, co- yeah. I'm, I'm coaching eighth the grade Knicks, football. You need that? I'm coaching eighth grade football. I might be bringing a couple dads on if I get their kids to come out and play. I yeah. mean, that's just the way it is. It starts no, I early. You. I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't worry. We, I will. I'll, I'll talk about some other time how uh, how you motherfuckers out here ruining college football. Like, how the hell? I I can't tell you who plays in what conference now. So if 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 UCLA and, and USC come on over to the Big Ten, you're gonna have Friday nights, you know, slash Saturday nights where. You riding from what? Riding. You flying from Jersey mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to Pasadena to mm-hmm. go play a football game. Like you could talk that shit about amateurism and all that shit you want. It, this is no longer the case. It wasn't the case forever in the, the last couple well, of years. Well, now it's just in your face. Yeah. Obviously, stop yeah, playing. Yeah. Stop yeah. playing. It's, it's, it's about money. It's about money. So, man, I enjoyed talking to you, Joe. As always, brother. This was cool. Anytime, man. Yeah, Joe Cowley, ladies and gentlemen, he's a he's a he's a good man. He's a fine soul, and he's a terrific writer. You can catch all his work uh, on Twitter. I mean, shout out to him. No, That's don't it. follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, at the Chicago Sun Times, you know him. I know him. He, he's and remember, Kenny Pickett has big hands. All right. all right, that's enough. Joe Cowley, ladies and gentlemen, right here on the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. We'll be back with more of the Full Go with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Hey, it's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. All right, of course, I got to give the White Sox some love here, and I'm going to do it via FanDuel Sportsbook. Same game parlay style. I'm going under for runs, seven and a half, minus 102. I'm going 
the alternate run line, by the way, Chicago White Sox minus two and a half. You're getting plus 320 on that. And I'm going Sox on the money line. I'm going Sox to win this game against the San Francisco Giants. Lance Lynn back in the saddle. And if you really look at the splits against some of these guys, he does well against guys like Tommy Lestella. I didn't even know Evan Longoria was still playing baseball. And Jock Peterson is yet to get a hit off of Lance Lynn in his major league career. He's striking these guys out. Of the guys that he has faced on the San Francisco Giants lineup, they are hitting 111 and have an OBP of 204, slugging of 168 for an OPS of 372. I'm pounding Lance Lynn and the Chicago White Sox in my same game parlay. Taking them on the money line, the under in runs at seven and a half, and the Chicago White Sox alternate run line at negative two and a half. Ten bucks will win you 93 plus dollars. So go ahead, take it to the bank, and you're welcome. Good luck and get money. The full goal with Jason Goff. That's all the time we have for episode 120 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. want to thank our esteemed guest, of course, my man Joe Cowley from the Chicago Sun-Times. Make sure you're checking out all of his Bulls coverage. And anytime he wants to talk about the Steelers on Twitter, you can mute that. But shout out to my man Joe for joining us. want to thank our production staff, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, and of course, the active Jesse Lopez and my main man, Tony Gill, want to thank both those young men for uh, bringing up um, Andre Drummond and Juan Toscano in our NBA free agency conversation. Uh, there, there are none like them, and that is an understatement. So I appreciate my guys, Jesse Lopez and Tony Gill. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff thanking you for doing whatever you do for this podcast, whether you're downloading it, whether you're subscribing to it, because we need you to subscribe to it, <laughs> and sharing it with your friends and family, rating and reviewing it. We truly, truly appreciate what you do for this podcast. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other and be safe. We will talk to you on Sunday. And I have a very, 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 very special conversation with a Chicago hip-hop legend. So join us on Sunday for the next episode of the Full Go Podcast. Peace out, y'all. There it is. Look, it's hold on. It's right there. It's right uh, there. It's, it's, like not a goddamn, it's not an opera. <laughs> <laughs> That's all land. You fucking jerks. Island boy. Island boy. <laughs> God damn it. I hate him so good. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.